Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Praise God, praise God. You may be seated. It is such a joy, a privilege, and honor to be back with you guys. This is our first trip interstate in over a year. They let us out of Victoria. I hope they let us back in. But if not, we'll just hang with you guys for a while. I want to honor my wife, Sally, a prophetic voice in her own right. And I love doing life with you, Jane and Gary, for walking with you guys. Pastor David, Pastor Donna, thank you for walking so well. And it is a privilege to be here in the house of God. In the worship, I was thoroughly enjoying it like Pastor Dave. How many think it was glorious? And I could sense the fire and the... Sally said, you won't have to try and stir these people up. And I said, no, you're right. And in fact, there was a moment of almost a little bit of intimidation where I was standing in the midst of the worship. And I said, uh, Father, what do I say to people that are just so fired up like this? And he said, you say exactly what I told you to say. And there is the first thing I want you to receive from me. Don't change the message because what you see in the natural. We're faith-filled people, spiritual people. And sometimes we actually speak to what we naturally see and we miss what God is actually doing below the surface. It doesn't, it's easy to see what's happening in the natural, but we need to be people with spiritual vision, spiritual vision and spiritual hearing. Amen. Amen. And so I'm actually going to honor what the Lord has given me because when I was praying, He gave me very clearly four statements. They came so clearly to me. Um, and uh, then he started to give a, a word for each and started to give scriptures for each. And then, um, so I'm going to download that to you. And I've got a word for your pastors and just a few other things. And we'll just see what happens in our time together. But I'm not here just to preach a message. I want to download. And I said to Pastor David, these are four statements God gave me very, very clearly. Not things I just preach here, there and everywhere. They're very specific. On the, on the surface, they might sound general. But I know that every person in this place, God knows where you are. God knows where He's taking you better than you know where you think you're going. And here's the picture I see to start. I saw a picture of a dislocated shoulder. And what I saw was it being repositioned by a master surgeon so that it would result in greater freedom, mobility, and function. When you've got something out of place, you don't want anyone to touch it. But what you don't want more than that is for no one to touch it. And in five, 10 years later, the pain still be there at its intensity. But sometimes when God needs to put something back into place, there is a moment of pain, but He never does it for the purpose of the moment of pain. He does it for the greater mobility of function and freedom. That's the reason something is repositioned. And there's some people in this room right now, you're feeling dislocated and there's there's even a fear in you. What happens if, I wanna say you, You can trust the God that birthed you into existence. Don't focus on the natural, on the supernatural. We've got to raise our trust in the God that birthed us before the foundations of the world knew us. And God is going to reposition some people tonight for the purpose of greater freedom in Jesus' name. I want to give you the three statements, uh, four statements rather. And then subsequent to that, a couple of weeks later, he gave me one word and all of them started with P. And I can tell you it had to be the Holy Spirit because I'm not that smart. 
So, uh, Pastor David, that laugh was a little bit too loud. Here's the first. Remember, I'm yet to prophesy over you, so just settle down. Here's the first thing I want to release into your spirit, and we're going to go into the Word. Anyone love the Word of God? What changes lives is not the opinions of people. We're living in a time where there's far too many opinions and not enough truth. The Bible says, know the truth and the truth will set you free. Not know your opinion, share your opinion, put it on Facebook, put it on social media. Know the truth and let the truth set you free. And can I just say to you, if you are using social media, use it as a form of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. We need salt and light. Amen. Praise God. That's good. That's all. Here's the first statement God said, don't stop short. Don't stop short. And this is perseverance. In James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, this is some people's favorite scripture. This is some people's, they've blotted it out of their Bibles. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. How many people are encouraged already this, this evening? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Before I go any further, you face trials, and this is a testing of your faith. There's something to, it's easy to say, I believe in God when the money is coming in and the health is there and your emotional health is going great and your family is going great. But when there is a trial, that is actually a test of, I, you, I know you say it, but do you actually have a deep, down core conviction. God is looking for some unshakable Christians. The Bible says in Revelation 2 and 3 that Jesus is coming back for a church and the only thing He says to all seven churches is whoever has ears, you need to be hearing what the Spirit is saying to the churches and the second thing is to the one who is victorious. You cannot be victorious unless you win a victory. You cannot win a victory unless there is a battle and we are in the battle, but we need to understand the sweet smell of victory cannot be compared. And the trials test, reveal, do you believe what you say? But then it goes on and it says, but you must let perseverance finish. Everyone shall finish. You must let perseverance finish is work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I want to be mature. I want to stand before my Father in heaven and hear, well done. He says, you will. In this world, you will have trials and tests and tribulations. Do not fear them because they will reveal the true nature of your faith in God. But when it comes, don't persevere for a week, a month, a year, a season. Persevere until we step from this life into eternity. And it's that sort of perseverance that pleases God. God says, don't give up. 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Listen, he says, I have fought, I have finished, I have kept. Some of us want to sit, we want to relax, we want to take it easy. Paul says, I have fought 
and I have finished and I have kept. But he says, I fought that good fight. He didn't say, I have fought many fights. The problem in the church, in our lives, is sometimes we're fighting battles that we should be fleeing and we're fleeing battles that we should be fighting. I have fought the good fight. I have finished not a race, I've finished the race marked out for me. We've got to know what God has called us to do. And then he said, I have kept the faith. I haven't kept a faith. Buddha, Muhammad, Krishna is not all God's lead to God, small G to big G. It's not all religions are the same. I want to testify that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, the only life. If it's politically incorrect, it is biblically correct. And I am going to preach the truth in Jesus' name. It says, I have kept the faith. Don't give up perseverance. But It's not just perseverance. It's got to be perseverance in the right direction. Perseverance in the wrong direction is called stubbornness or stupidity. There are some people that are holding on to something and you're not going to let it go. And God says, I want you to let it go because it's the wrong thing. You got to persevere in the right direction. That's the first statement that God downloaded to me tonight. I just want to encourage you. Will you join me in finishing the race well? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Because I've got the microphone, so I'm going to say it. You better believe that persecution is coming to our shores soon. And it's coming a time that God has drawn a line in the sand for believers that actually believe and for believers that only confess, for believers that actually will say, you know what, I'll lay down my life. I will deny myself. I will take up my cross. I will follow Him. I will suffer with Him. I will not deny Him. I will be bold. I will submit to God and not just natural government and natural laws when it violates God's Word. It's not about anarchy. It's actually about who do we actually, who is sovereign in our lives. And there is coming a time where God is saying, we've got to step. We're going to make a decision. Are we all in or not? Because I want to tell you, Jesus Christ hung on a cross and he was all in. And he's looking for some all in people. We need to be ones that do not give up and persevere until the end. The second statement was, don't abort what should be birthed. Don't abort what should be birthed. And God said, this is about priorities. And I was, didn't see the connection, but he took me to the scripture in Exodus 1, 15 to 17, before Moses was born and the, the Israelites were growing and the king said, we're going to get the midwives to kill any of the baby boys as they're being born. And it says in verse 15 of Exodus 1, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shepra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew woman during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. And they let the boys live. 
And the Lord spoke to me and says, Moses became a great deliverer of God's people because two God-fearing women refused to abort what should have been birthed. And there are some things in our lives, in our church today, that God has whispered into your spirit, that God is saying He wants you to make a priority of allowing the things that have been birthed in the Spirit, impregnated into your spirit, to actually be born and to come into full fruitfulness in your life. He says it will take kingdom priorities for the seed of God's and creative intention for you and in you to be birthed and result in maximum fruitfulness. So the word of the Lord to you is what is most important to you. Not what is important to you, what is most important to you. That's the wrong thing. What is important to you? That's the wrong thing. You ask an elite athlete that is training for a perishable crown, and you say, what is most important to you? And they will deny going out, and they will deny eating certain things, and deny certain sleeping patterns. Why? Is it because that's not important? No, they want to do those things. They want to go out. But there's something more important. And I want to tell you that God wants to birth some things through the people of God, some creativity. So he, wants to cre- he wants to birth some vision. But God says, you've got you to be willing to take that step of faith. Don't abort. What should be birth? There's some people in this room that you know that God has spoken to you about some prophetic things, some visions that you've sat on for a long time. And you've given God a very good long list of why it hasn't been a convenient time. And I want to come and encourage you time to step from what you think is safety, which is actually disobedience, into freedom. This is my revelation. I never know better than God. My dad has always said, everybody wants to walk on water, but not many people want to step out of the boat. And God is looking for some people that will birth some things. Pastor David and Donna, there's more things to be birthed. There's more things to be birthed. There's more things to be birthed. Because something is right for another person doesn't mean it is right for you. Don't judge others, but rather be obedient to what God has clearly told you to do. What are you willing to say no to in order to say yes to God's kingdom purposes being birthed in you? What, is, what are you carrying that this world needs right now? There's some seeds Pastors and leaders, there's some seeds. You stored it up for an opportune time. And I feel God is saying, start the conversation now. This is your prophetic word. Are you receiving it? Start the conversation now. And let God birth things in His time. The third thing. The first one was... Don't stop short, perseverance. The second one was don't abort what should be birthed. That's priorities. Here's the third one. And I really pray the Holy Ghost just download something into you right now. Don't misdiagnose delays. Don't stop short. Don't abort what should be birthed. Don't misdiagnose delays. This is about perspective. 
I'm going to preach, I'm going to prophesy, I'm going to teach, I'm going to impart something to your spirit right now. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, we often quote verse 2 and 3, but I, I think there's something deeper and something richer in the spirit that we don't see. Has anyone heard this about writing down the vision and making it plain so that those that hear it can run with it? Anyone heard that? Let me give you the context in chapter 1 of Habakkuk that Habakkuk talks to God about something. He brings a complaint. God comes and then shares something with him from his perspective. And then Habakkuk comes and brings another complaint. And this is what's happening. Habakkuk is hearing what God is saying, but he's not seeing the reality of it in his life. He's struggling with the disconnect between what I'm hearing in the Spirit and what I'm actually seeing in the Spirit. And then we come into chapter 2, and I want you to get this, in verse 1. And he says, I will stand at my watch and I will station myself on the ramparts and I will look to see what he will say to me. Hang on. I will look to see what he... No, you mean you will listen to hear what he will say. No, the Word of the Lord is as easy to hear what God is saying. But where we get tripped up is we take what God is saying and we misdiagnose it and we run ahead with it and we self-interpret it and we get on the wrong track and then we blame God. Habakkuk is saying, I know I'm going to hear your words. Now I know you to show me in the Spirit. How does that look in the Spirit realm? I will only end up in the right place if I actually see the picture of what God is saying. Does that make sense? God showed me this and he brought it home really with a clear illustration years ago. And he, and he said this, uh, uh, gave a prophetic word of um, you're going to have significant influence in Africa. Now, you can hear that over a sermon, and then the next day they go out to their job and they resign. They buy a ticket, they head overseas, and they start up a new ministry, and they have a significant influence for Africa. And God said to me, is that possible? I said, yep, that's possible. He said, you can hear uh, another person can hear that same word, and they can go out the next day, they can sell up, they can resign, they can move overseas. And rather than starting a new thing and having significant influence in Africa through a new thing, they actually go and join something existing, and they become a part of it, and they have a significant influence. And God said, is that possible? I said, yeah, that's possible too. He said, a third option, he said, is it possible that there is someone who is gifted in grace in, in business that they never ever go to Africa, but God blesses their ministry to the point that they sow millions into the missions, and they have a significant influence, and they never went, but they are sowing, and God said, is that possible? I said, yeah. And then he said a fourth one, he said, maybe there's someone who is just so good at pastoral and coming alongside in discipleship and they sit with someone and they pour into them for week after week, month after month and the person they're pouring into, they actually get called and they go and through them going, they have a significant influence. And God said, is that possibly what that word means? And I said, yes. And then he said, so which, what is the problem? The problem is not that they didn't hear what God said. They heard it clearly. You will have a significant influence in Africa. But unless we pause and say, God, how does this look? We then interpret it. We run off here and we were meant to be over here. And then we blame God and we get disillusioned and we step back. And there's some people in this room that said, I didn't hear God. And God said, yes, you did, but you didn't see what he was saying, how he wanted you to see it. When God speaks, don't act. Stop and say, God, I need to look to see what you're actually saying to me. And what 
answer I'm to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation, write down the vision. Please look at it. It's not write down what God has said. For years in churches, we've been writing down vision statements of what God said. That's not what it is. Vision is what you see. It's not what you hear. This is deeper than you realize. Write down the words as a starting point of going, okay, you've made this statement, God. You're in the eternal. You, you, you're there now. You're, you're talking to me about something you currently see. What does it look like? And you get a picture. Abraham was only commended as one who had faith back in, in Hebrew, in Genesis there in 15. He was only as commended as one, the father of faith, when God took him outside and showed him the stars. And he had a picture of oh, that's what it looks like. When he heard the words of God, he was struggling. How can this be? I don't have a natural son. I'm struggling to make a connection between what I'm hearing. And God goes, I need to give you a picture now to walk towards. Are you with me? This is make or break. Most disillusioned people in church is because there's been a disconnect between what they thought God had said and what their life looks like, and they have questioned, I didn't hear God, and my word to you is you probably did, but we probably didn't say, God, how does this look? So I can walk towards what already exists in the eternal realm. But this is, a, under this is, don't misdiagnose delays, God's perspective, because look at what it says, write down the revelation, the vision, in other words, what you see about what God said. Are you with me, church? Make it plain on tablets so the herald may run with it. For the revelation waits an appointed time. Get ready for the word of the Lord. It speaks of the end. It will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will surely come and it will not delay. Though it linger, it will not delay. Hmm. I don't know if you're getting this. Though it linger. What is that? That's a delay. No, it will not delay. Though Joseph got a dream and it lingered, it did not delay. Because in Genesis 45, brothers, you sold me, but God sent me ahead of you to save and preserve a nation. It lingered. No, it didn't. Don't misdiagnose delays. They lingers, but it's not delaying. People all through the Bible, when God spoke and they received it, oh, it didn't happen for a while. And we think there's a delay, there's a detour, and we struggle. And God says, I'm right on time. I need to get you where I need to get you. Mm. We must measure delays in light of God's plan, not our desire. We must measure delays in light of eternity, not our schedule. So misdiagnosis only happens when we add to what God has said or we self-interpret what we hear. I've talked about self-interpreting what we hear. But here's a word of freedom for you as a church as well. God has spoken some big things in your life. God has spoken some big things. Where the disillusionment comes is when we add something to what God has said. Here's a, here's a small example. God says to someone, I want you to write a book. 
and you go, man, I, I know what God has said. So you jump into that and you say, you know, I'm going to get, I want to so honor God. I'm going to get it out in the next three months. You're already working. You've got a family and you now you get under pressure and then the pressure gets to you and the creativity stops and, and you get start to get stressed out and snappy and you end up starting to step back from the God who said, write a book. And you go, but God, you told me to. He goes, yeah, but I never told you three months. Why are we constantly putting time frames on something that God hasn't put time frames on? Like God is running out of time. We live in a culture in modern Christianity. We got to be careful that we are not adding something and that some spiritual guise of honoring God that constantly puts us into a frantic tailspin when God says, come to me and receive rest from me and honor me and honor the Sabbath. Do things my way. God spoke to me a few years ago and said, I am never frantic. So stop projecting that on me. You show me one place in the Bible where God is running out of time or frantic. Jesus got to save the whole world. And he doesn't start ministry till he's 30 years of age. Come on, mate, at 18, 19, you can get into it, Pastor Dave. Come on, you can do some stuff in your 20s there. He waits till his 30s. He's only got three and a half years to train these motley crew of disciples to plan, impregnate in them the kingdom of God to transform the rest of history. And he doesn't start till he's 30. And then it says as he was leaving, he gets distracted by a, a man up a tree or a, a lame man or a woman at a well to the point that the disciples are saying, don't bother the master. He's got things to do. And he says, you stop it. Let the kids come to me. Come on, blind Bartimaeus. I am not in a rush. Do not add a timing to something God hasn't said and call it kingdom. I'm setting you free. I'm, I'm taking the pressure off. Because we say, I want to honor God, so we're going to get it done here, here, and here. You are setting yourself up for another form of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Here's the fourth thing. Are we okay? Praise the name of Jesus. Here's the fourth thing God said to me. You are a big vision people. But God wants even bigger vision. Let me say it again. You're a big vision people. But God wants even bigger vision. And he said this statement to me. There is an awareness that you are reaching more than most. But don't allow this to result in you putting a lid on yourselves because you are further ahead than others. God is looking, taking you from big vision to bigger vision. And the P word that he gave me there was progressive. Not progressive in the worldly sense, but progressive in the sense of happening, developing in stages, increasing. But also progressive, come on, progressive. And actually in the dictionary, favoring social reform. That may be the world's terminology. Let me give you the Bible one. Transformation. God is calling you pro progressive. Whatever your vision is, God says that's a great starting point. Life point, it's a great starting point. God is calling you to be a people of even bigger vision. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, 
where there's no revelation, no vision, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Where there is no vision, vision is not just, I've got a vision, I see something for now. Vision is always progressive. It's always, it's always God revealing something more that we're stepping into. Whenever we stop stepping into the more in our own lives, we cast off restraint. We dwell carelessly. For some of us, we just need to say, God, would you start to open my eyes to the things that you need me to see? But blessed is the one who heeds... And let me just say this. This is for you as pastors and leaders of the church. And I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here, but I have to give you what God said. You're big vision people, but He says, I want bigger. Because this is what it says, where it says, where there is no vision, revelation, progressive, more, more, people cast off restraint. And I looked at it in the, uh, just going through in, in the Hebrew there. And where it says people, it says a congregated unit, a tribe. This is not just about a person. Where churches are not going from glory to glory and, uh, and saying, God, just keep it, continue to show us where you're taking us and we're going to step in and we're not pushing the limits in the natural, but we are refused to be confined by the natural and we're going, God, increase our vision, increase our vision. The people don't actually start to cast off restraint. The people actually have a part of something bigger than themselves. And it's time for the people of God to be part of something much bigger than ourselves. Praise God. Pastor Donna, I saw a significant increase in your prophetic declaration from the pulpit. Saw it so clearly. May I lay my hands upon you and impart something? Is that okay? Yeah. So come, and then I'm going to get you up in a second, brother. Are we good, church? Don't switch off. We've just got a few more minutes. But, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I saw this woman of God. I saw her declaring boldly and prophetically, calling the things that are not as they are. I saw her shifting things in the spirit realm. God has not called you just to um, preach some wonderful, nice, um, even mothering and teaching messages. But I see a great, a greater anointing of the prophetic mantle coming upon you, where you will truly become an oracle in the spirit. You'll become a voice that brings heaven to earth and releases and shifts things and environments and right now in Jesus name I release the greater anointing and the mantle upon you Ooh, praise you Father Spirit of God 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 Oh Spirit of God God is ooh, touching you David how about you just Again, it sounds like a strange thing for me to say, but I've got to honor in the Spirit. God says, I'm just going to set you free in the Spirit. It's not that you're bound, and yet this is not an emotional thing. This isn't a mantle thing. This isn't an anointing thing, and this isn't a calling thing. I've got to set you free in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, I see you as a powerhouse, prophetic declarer of truth. You will have a voice even in government hallways, says the Lord. This is big vision going to bigger vision. I'm sensing so much more in my spirit right now. I feel like I'm not even to download all the fullness of it, but 
whatever you've imagined, God says, give yourself permission to imagine more, to embrace more. You are past your probation, says the Lord. You are past your training, says the Lord. You're into deployment. Step aside, David. Here comes Donna. Praise God. Stand with your wife, brother. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm going to read this. I'm going to place it down. I'm going to pray and we'll see what else God says. Praise God. Again, I know things in the natural, but I've just got to download whatever Father gave me. And I want you to both reach out deep because I want this to be an impartation and allow God. What I said about before in Habakkuk, church, you need to hear this before I say it. And David and Donna, you need to hear this before I say it. So we now don't interpret it what we think it looks like. We need to hear the word and say, God, what does this mean to you? I saw a picture of many people gathering around you, laying hands on you, and sending you out. I saw a much larger global ministry. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, this is a time where the revivalists and the prophets Lord, stand together, God, where the Spirit moves, the Word is declared, where truth reigns, and people's lives are transformed forever. Lord, this world needs some people who are leading the charge. And Pastor David, Pastor Donna, the Lord says, I am calling you to lead the charge, not here just in Adelaide, but to all, the, all around the world. I am increasing your global significance. It's not just you, brother. It is you, sister. There are times where you will go and David will stay there. There are times, David, where you will go and you will stay, Donna, but there'll be more times where you go together and the greater, this is a 10,000. One can put a 1,000, two can put 10,000. And right now I release a greater impartation. And even with you again, Pastor David, I just want to break off any lid of limitation. And again, in the natural, that sounds ridiculous because anyone sees you, you are free. But there is even more. There is even more that is stirring in you. And you've there's been an element of, oh, who, I, I don't want to sort of go too far. I, I don't want to dare go here or there because you do honor what other people think. You're not ensnared to that. You're not a slave to it. But you do actually respect these other things. And God says, I want to set you free from actually considering anything anyone will think or feel when I've given you a word because sometimes the action itself will shift something in other global leaders that wouldn't otherwise be shifted an influencer to global leaders the two of you praise God amen amen I also saw, and I mentioned this briefly upstairs, but I felt the Holy Spirit said to release it here. So I'm going to release it here. I saw a picture uh, of five people in a five people in a suit, and the suit itself wasn't symbolic. Uh, that wasn't the point, but I instantly knew it spoke of senior leadership. Okay, I just knew it in the spirit. I saw a picture of five people that were in suits and they were in full light. And you know those, those pictures where you've got 
the fa- fancy camera work, which I don't know how they do it, where you've got people that are in the full light and sharp, and then everything around them is sort of like faded back into the, the distance. Do you know what I'm talking about? This is what I saw in the Spirit. People, five people standing there, bright, shining light, but then they were surrounded by a multitude that I could tell were um, surrounding these people. And I instantly knew that God says these are a day of an increased level of the fivefold in this church. And notice it wasn't the people were behind them. They were gathering around them. And it will be like a magnet, says the Lord, with the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, the pastor and teacher. And I'm not saying this just because I'm in this type of church. I'm saying it because I saw the picture in the spirit, the five. And then everyone gathered around about them was empowered. God is going to make it clear. I saw another picture of a small circular building with a circular pitched thatched roof. It was very specific. Are you with me? Can you picture this? Use your imaginations. It's a small circular building with a circular pitched thatched roof. The building had no walls. It was like a gazebo, gazebo, and it was more of a platform from which to speak. Like one of those, you know, those almost those little rotundas or whatever they have where the, the bride and the groom might stand there or something, but it had no the walls but it had a thatched roof. And I saw this building was surrounded by many people and they had darker skin and they were listening intently. Then I saw those same people that were listening to what was being spoken from this platform. Those same people, they left that place with Bibles under their arms and they were equipped and they were ready to go back to their own villages, their own cities, their own nations and to share the gospel of the kingdom. And I believe with all my heart that God is setting you up to be a place where people leave your presence with the word under their arms. It's not just I got a bit of the spirit, I've got a bit of feeling, I've got the word and they will go back and carry the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.